0: And so as always, before we begin to submerge into the unsearchable inheritance our imperishable inheritance in Jesus Christ, the unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke 24:44 then, Jesus said to his disciples, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. So that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in the heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power, to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22-24, this place of Scripture is also Written in Colossians, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And so we've noted that in this commanding order, we see contained the true calling of every person that follows Christ. According to Scripture, a person that does not fulfill this commandment resists Christ, and this given person is then member to the category of the Antichrist, and it's not important what kind of work he did, uh, in his opinion, for Christ, how much he evangelized, how much he sacrificed in life. Our calling is consists of putting off the old man, our former way of life, put off the old man to die for our nation, the house of our Father and for our destructive desires and after that when we have put off all of this from ourselves, can we rise from the dead in Jesus Christ and renew our mind by the spirit of our mind and this will allow us then by the means of this renewed mind collaborating with our spirit to to put on then put on the new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus. And if we do not know this, or if we avoid this, don't want this, and it isn't important, our ignorance is our stiff neck. God will tell each person, every rebellious charismatic leader, uh, he will tell them where they were supposed to read, did I tell you to jump around the stage as a monkey? Were you pursuing me or were you pursuing a spirit of deception and called him by my names? Have you ever seen in the Old Testament, the priests or in the New Testament, even the prophets, that they were hopping up and down and saying that this is a revelation of the Holy Spirit and this is a praise. This is a... a, hollow place that has drawn many, many people and this is great deception. Our calling is to put off our former way of life with his deeds, renew our mind by the spirit of our mind and put on or clothe our body into the new person. When we receive accept this calling and we begin to move toward that calling, we become a light to the world and then wherever we may be, God can show himself. We don't need to go somewhere specific or run somewhere because today in all corners of the world there is knowledge about God. The scripture is written in all languages. You don't need to create specific churches, uh, gatherings and go to Africa or other countries. Or in Mexico. In Mexico, there are much more uh, committed Christians than even you uh, sometimes? Do you really think that you need to turn uh, the Mexican people to God? They know God better than you do if you're doing these things. In order to fulfill this given commandment or this commanding order, there are three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts that we must do. As we talked about, put off the former way of life, be renewed by the spirit of our mind, and put on Put our body, or call our body, into the new person. We've noted that it is specifically our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts—to put off, be renewed, and put on—that will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. Or, more specifically, will the de- uh, determining of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a, of a guarantee, or will we lose it forever? Which will then result? In our names being forever blotted out of the book of life, although they may have been written there at one time, we've talked about the fact that when a person leaves spiritual infancy, God places a decision or a choice before him. He gives him a choice. Uh, he can't. Uh, God can't place an infant, a child that's just been born from the seed of the Word of God, who has received the baptism of water. Uh, even uh, fire, uh, spirit, uh, water, spirit, and fire, all of these baptisms submerge us into the death of Christ. And we receive this in the format, all of these in the format of a guarantee or a seed. And now in these baptisms, we need to receive the covenant that we make in these baptisms and we need to make it our own, make it a reality. And when we leave spiritual infancy, we begin to understand. Uh, we then are faced with a choice. Before that time, we don't have technically a choice. As infants, they're attracted by various winds of doctrine. They can't be the temple of the Holy Spirit. They can't be a light to the world. They can finish college in the span of six months, receive a degree of some kind. And Do you have any idea how many people have approached me with these doctorate degrees and other degrees that they've received? Uh, theologians have told me, when I received this doctorate of, uh, in theology, I lost faith in, in Christ. My faith was completely destroyed, and I didn't believe in anything. Because in order to receive knowledge about God, you n- don't need these uh, degrees from religious institutions, but the Church of Jesus Christ. And if this was truly necessary, do you really think, Did the you don't think the apostles would have created an institution for this? Of course, they would have, but they didn't. And when I hear that people, I won't name them, they say, God has commanded me to create an institution, and each person like this who received success because of his fleshly talents, an evangelist who does not know Scripture that was allowed uh, a couple of uh, sermons to uh, bring people to Christ, and they create their churches and institutions and uh, name them with their own name and uh, invite very uh, many different uh, faith teachings, uh, gathering a lot of uh, money. There's full entire channels day and night that ask for uh, offerings, for money, and that in heaven that you will be blessed. You won't be blessed in heaven doing this. You cannot give your tithe to missionary services or organizations, but your own church where you receive the bread of life. Not in any missionary or uh, institution or where there's may, maybe missionaries, you will, will you receive breads of life? And if they are uh, called, they're called to the world and not to you. They're called to uh, bring people to God and then uh, send them to churches. And so, unfortunately, a lot of these evangelists have made themselves pastors. Those who do, do res, uh, deserve respect, the, the evangelists are those who remain evangelists, and learn under a pastor. In a particular format, we have already looked at the first two requirements and stopped to study the third requirement. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the power of our already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. And so our new person in nature is inherent to God's nature. Just as we bear a child and he is similar to us and carries our genes, Uh, the new person, our spirit, is born from the seed of the word of truth. He comes from God. He's originating from God and he is righteous uh, in his origin and he needs to be grown as the son of man had to grow up. He needed to learn and learn humility until he was uh, grown into full measure. We stopped to study the condition contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit reveals the demands, according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Yon or God Most High, so that we can be saved from our enemies that live within our body. Because in this 18th Psalm, David... Uh, turns to God and calls God El Elyon in Hebrew, and translating this, it's Most High. The essence of this con- condition consists in this, that in the circumstances of our hardship, when we are in the wilderness of sanctification, where there are serpents and other at, at temptations or tests, Uh, When we are putting off the old man with his deeds, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what conditions do we need to fulfill to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ. We've noted that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their violent conflict with the carnal mind in the form of King Saul and governing sin in the form of our old person. And that by the means of... And so these three kings living in the body... They have formed a battle, a a place of battle for our body, and this field of battle is our heart. And what uh, king we support is the king that will be our God. And that by the means of confessing the faith of our heart, proclaiming who God is for us in Jesus Christ, uh, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. God can receive the proper foundation He needs to join the battle for our earthly body so He can shame the governing within our body, sin, which is the old person by the power of His redemption and with noise forever thrust Him out into hell so that He can erect in the place of the stronghold of death the stronghold of life, clothe our body into immortality, in corruption, and this day is closer than ever. The whole world is not paying attention to this the Christian world is running, it, who knows in what direction, together with the world. And only the small groups of Christians as it is written, many are called but few are chosen, that few are with trembling waiting that something is supposed to take place because all of the signs are being uh, happening now and this can happen very quickly. In its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer that belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. I shall remind us that the virtue of a king consists of our mind being renewed by the spirit of our mind, which gives us power to the right to rule over the emotional aspect of our body and lead them under the bridle as a horse of battle. We note that in Scripture the word king When it's talking about our renewed mind, it always means prince. A prince is a person who rules his horse, able to control his horse. A prince is not always a king, but a king is always a prince because our new person or the uh, reasonable abilities of our, our... of us, uh, they dictate our mind, and our mind then dictates our emotions. And so, this miraculous collaboration where our spirit collaborates with the Holy Spirit, our renewed mind collaborates with our heart, with our new person, and our mouth collaborates with our renewed mind. And we can, with this kind of mind, then lead our course of battle We need that our feelings become this horse of battle of the Lord so that it is not us who follow this horse and the horse uh, direct our way, but we tell it where it needs to go. The virtue of a priest gives us the power to the right to run to God as warriors in prayer so that we can perform legitimate intercession for the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Specifically, this is the essence of priesthood of our spirit the virtue of a prophet gives our new person the right our new person the right to enter into the devir which is the holy of holies so that we can hear the voice of God above the lid of the golden ark within our heart and provides God with the foundation he needs to hear our intercessions and respond to them we if you remember we talked about this that this is a a road that has two sides where you hear God, God hears you. And this happens at the lid of the ark uh, upon the condition that we have the virtue of a prophet. We need to have a prophetic spirit. A prophet always has a prophetic spirit, but people who have a prophetic spirit are not always uh, endowed with the authority of a prophet. But when they are obedient to the prophet, then they will receive the same reward as the prophet will. So, God is not... Uh, depriving anyone of rewards he says you can all receive the same reward with my son Jesus Christ I have sent my apostles I have passed uh, um, the mandate to my apostles who obeys them, obeys my son who obeys obeys my son, obeys me and when Christ will receive this reward we will share this reward with him equally the first part in this psalm identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets the kind of state of heart you will have is the kind of prayer you will have second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself how to offer or bring an offering the first explains how to build yourself into an altar of the Lord and now we talk about what kind of offering to bring because the offering will be most holy this is our goals which is God's will and they consist of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ God says I will not find peace until I do this I will not find peace God is not in in peace right now and we can uh, think that trusting in uh, practicing spiritual gifts and evangelism, God is not content in that. God is content in us bearing fruit when our characters changed, when it begins to become similar to uh, the character of Christ. And so that is that second part that opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us and David from the hands of all of his enemies. Third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, how to bring an offering, how is our prayer, supposed to be. It opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Uh, To pray, uh, uh, stating the consistency of the names of God in these these eight names of God. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies and God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the right foundation that he needs to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David this gave God the ability to utilize his eight names to protect our body from the carnal mind and governing sin that is the old person that we have inherited because of the sinful conduct of our fathers. And this inheritance, unfortunately, belongs to us. And so that's why the wrath of God is burning against the body of, of, the, of His church because uh, sin lives there. And when we understand this and cast off the old man, to cast off the old man is binding sin, casting off, uh, removing him from the throne, uh, so that upon this throne, the Holy Spirit can be seated. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies, Psalm 18, 1 through 4. Let us together speak this from ourselves, proclaim his eight names, sp- telling God who he is to us. It's very important when I myself say them, it's one thing, but when the church simultaneously speaks these, then it is powerful, it creates power. The heavens are rejoicing and hell is ashamed when we sing together as one it is the same thing when we meditate about what we sing about together we will say first the lord my strength the lord is my rock the lord is my fortress the lord is my deliverer the lord is my rock in whom i take refuge the lord is my shield The Lord is the horn of my salvation and the Lord is my stronghold. That is wonderful. May these powers, the power that is contained in these names be in your heart and may they clothe our bodies, yours and mine, in the time that God will decide. We already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus and the power of four names of God. These are strength, Rock, Fortress, and deliver, And we stopped to study our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the name of God, Rock of Israel. When David went in the way of all the earth, he passed away, he spoke this name at the end of his life that God is the Rock of Israel to him. He took one of these names that are a part of these eight the given nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God most high as there are there are 50 as a total identified the inheritance that is contained in the covenant that is made between God and man eight is the number of the covenant in the eighth day a male child was circumcised so that there be an eternal sign upon the body and this circumcision only spoke of the fact that if But if your heart is not circumcised with a circumcision not of man's hands, you will be removed uh, from the nation. And this was spoken to the priests. And so the priests were not to boast just about the sign of the covenant on their bodies. Their hearts also needed to be circumcised. The two sons of Aaron did not circumcise their hearts. If their hearts were circumcised, they would never have brought the profane fire Uh, into the temple if you remember only one who has does not have a circumcised heart a profane fire is a fire of our emotions
1: where
0: but you need the fire of the Holy Spirit and not the fire of emotions their heart was not circumcised because a circumcised heart will never be searching scripture and looking for the opportunity to find something that would allow them to drink and that your conscience won't judge you for that. These two people with an uncircumcised heart were drunk. They drank and they, because they were drunk, took the regular fire from outside and said to themselves, well, let us try it. What is the difference? A fire is fire and they brought in that profane fire. The fire that was lit upon the altar of burnt offering was the fire of the Holy Spirit that came down from heaven. And now this fire needed just to be supported by the wood that was uh, chopped uh, and brought to the temple. And these two. And so they, the priest allowed it to burn, the, this fire, but these uh, brought a fire uh, somewhere from outside the temple. Because of its significance, the given nature of prayer is a strategic teaching which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer, ones that have the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets who are are anointed to rule over their earthly body. I am not anointed to rule over you, I am anointed to serve you from the name of Christ. For myself, I am anointed to rule over my body so that those who serve understand this. They're not kings of the nation of God, but servants of the nation of God. But for themselves, for their own bodies, they're called to be kings, not servants. They're called to make their body as servants, their own personal bodies. That's what they're called to do, to give their body as a slave of righteousness to God. And if a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, priest, and a prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him. And so this calling, if he does not understand it, or comprehend it, it will not benefit him. And so the sermon can—the sermon can be heard by those who, who, whose eyes are opened, who don't follow blind guides because they can see, who have left the, uh, the spiritual infancy, who have the need that there be uh, one beginning, as we could say, or one head and not the multi-headed beast. And so the council, if there is a council in the church, needs to assist the pastor and not dictate to the pastor. And not that they bring the pastor into a room and then uh, begin to uh, punish him for things he may have said from the stage. And so, therefore, the quality and lexicon identifying the name of God, Living Rock, as with the previous names of God, Most High, is not able to be found in any existing dictionary of the world. I shall remind us that Living Rock is an edge of a cliff, stone or stone defense, covering or shadow of a cliff, a rock bearing victory over the enemy, elephant tusk, elephant ivory, from which we are to build a throne for the Holy Spirit, as Solomon did. A rock representing eternal government, a rock containing the promise of imperishable food, and a rock serving as comfort of peace. And so these are components of a living rock, and there are more of them. Using the power of the given components contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, we are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and increase our profits that we receive from the invested silver of our salvation. This profit consists of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and is a component of the perfect will of God. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, it becomes vital for us to identify within each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. First, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel? Second, what purpose as it relates to achieving our salvation is our inherited lot called to fulfill in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price do we need to pay to provide God with a proper foundation to be our Rock of Israel? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our rock of Israel as it relates to the achieving of our calling? In a specific format, as much as God has allowed, and according to the measure of our faith, we have already studied the essence of the first three questions, and therefore, we'll begin studying uh, question four. By what signs can we determine that God is our rock as it relates to the achieving of our calling, which consists of erecting the stronghold of life within our mortal body? By the sign that we are able to judge that our heart is a stronghold for Christ and that God has the proper foundation to, re- to reveal Himself in the temple of our body in the power of His name, Rock. For all of God's names, it is necessary that your heart be a stronghold for Christ. If it is not a stronghold for Christ, not one of the power of the of the names, the power contained in those names can be our uh, ours. God can't use his names to help us to deliver our body from corruption. According to the covenant of peace that is made between us and God, we have decided to restrict ourselves to only eight Signs, although there are many more of them that are called to be testimony within our body that we have paid the price for the power to the right to be led into the lot of the unsearchable inheritance of Christ in the name of God, rock of Israel. Considering that the fact, considering the fact that two of the signs were already the subject of our study in the previous services, we will turn our attention and will now study the third sign. I will remind us of the first two first sign. Why? Uh, by which we can determine that God is our rock is by the testimony that God has led us out of the Egypt of our soul, split the rock and gave us drink in abundance like the depths and brought streams out of the rock and caused water to run down like river. By these signs, we are able to judge that our heart is a stronghold for Christ and that God has the proper foundation that He needs to demonstrate Himself within the temple of our body and the power of His name, Rock of Israel. second sign by which we can determine that God is our rock is when our King will reign in righteousness and our Prince will rule according to the law of the Most High. A king is the reasonable abilities of our spirit our new person and the prince are the reasonable, abil- reasonable abilities of our soul as i said that this prince he can't be a king immediately he can so- he's sometimes uh, presented in the form of king Saul he was a king he wasn't a prince god anointed him as king but he was not a prince because he did not control his feelings, he was not a prophet or a priest. But David was a king and a prince simultaneously. And so a king is always a prince, a prince is not always a king. Third sign by which we can determine that God is our rock are the three mighty men of the thirty chief men the mighty men who went down and came to David at the cave of Adullam, when the troop of Philistines, which are our unclean thoughts and desires that live within our body, were encamped in the valley of Rephaim. By this sign, we are able to judge that our heart is a stronghold for Christ and that God has the proper foundation to that He needs to demonstrate Himself within the temple of our body in the power of His name, Rock. If we have these three men... These are the names of the mighty men whom David had, (laughs) Josheb-Bashabeth the Takmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite because he had killed 800 men at one time, and after him was Eleazar, the son of Dadaw, the Ah Ahahite, one of the three mighty men who David, when they defiled, or when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until the, until his hand was weary and his hand st- uh, stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day <clears throat> and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the fields, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Then the three of the thirty men went down at harvest time and came to David and the cave of Adullam, And the troop of Philistines encamped in the valley of Repham. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Phil- Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said far be it from me o lord that i should do this this is not the blood of the m- is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives therefore he would not drink it these things were done by the three mighty men
1: This is 2nd Samuel 23, 8 through
0: 17 We need to keep in mind that we are continuing to study the symbol of the given events within our body in the form of specific signs that testify of the fact that we have entered into the lot of our inheritance in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Otherwise, studying this event will not profit us. The valley of Rephaim, where the Philistines were, that symbolize our unclean thoughts and desires that live within our body and the position from which they have declared war against our new person, who is this? who in this situation is David, this is the deadly strategy of the old man, the old person. And this deadly strategy consists of combining the thoughts of the soul and the desires of the flesh with God's revelations of holy truth. This is to prompt us to begin looking at fulfilling our fleshly desires as though we are fulfilling the will of God, where a person legalizes sin within his conscience. Mixing human things with God's, a person rejects his faith and his conscience, and the result is he suffers shipwreck in his faith, and his conscience stops judging him for sin. The word Rephaim means giants that came about from the union or mixing of the sons of God with the daughters of man. Rephaim peoples or giants inhabited the land that was promised by God to Abraham and his descendants. The giants came far before the Canaanite people inhabited it and became one nation with them. Therefore, quite often they were the mighty warriors that went ahead of the armies of the Philistines. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. (coughs) And so, sons of God were from Enos, and they were worshipping God. And they saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, the daughters of men are those who were born from Cain, that they are beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Specifically, when they began to mix, these giants began to be born, mixing the things of God with the things of men and there's mega churches are then born from that. And those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. In the original it says that... uh, that God was literally suffocating in tears. That's how much he was uh, uh, repenting. He was regretting that he had created. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6, 1 through 8. And so he doesn't destroy everyone, uh, but only those who did not obtain grace. It turns out that there was the ability to receive grace. Sermon was being given to, rece- to, to receive grace, but people didn't want it. <clears throat> and the reason, first, combining or mixing God's truth with the products and interpretations of the uncircumcised human mind was was and is continuous evil in God's eyes. Second, combining or mixing God's truth with the products and interpretations of the human mind was and is continuous neglect or disregard for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, reveals the truth in the heart, but they're not interested in that. They themselves interpret the truth. <clears throat> to examine yourself as to whether you are a member of the three mighty men of the thirty chief men who are called with all of Israel to make David king, these are the men who brought David water from the well of Bethlehem to quench his thirst while David was in the cave of Adullam. We need to study what role does the stronghold as the cave of Adullam, have within our body where the war party of David is. <clears throat> what role does the well of Bethlehem have within our body where a camp of Philistines stands guard? This camp of Philistines, they stood guard uh, of the well of Bethlehem. Who are these three mighty men within our body who are united with all of Israel in making David king? Who is our new person over all of Israel? That is over all of our body in this case. Who are the thirty brave chiefs within our body that were under the command of the three mighty men of David? The cave adalum that David made his own, a stronghold, the placement for his war party battling against the Philistines, is a symbol of us abiding in the death of the Lord Jesus. And so no one, no uh, corruption is able to enter in to this uh, placement, into this place. And so... This cave atalim that David made his own is a symbol of us abiding in the death of the Lord Jesus, which is the unapproachable place for the unclean thoughts and desires of the flesh for which we have died by submerging in baptism into the death of the Lord Jesus in Hebrew. The word atalim means a closed space, an unapproachable place, a secluded corner. The state of a person that abides in the death of the Lord Jesus makes him dead to sin and living for God. Abiding in the cave of atalim, representing deadness to sin in Christ Jesus, is an absolutely unapproachable and and impenetrable place for unclean thoughts and corrupt desires of the flesh these are the uncircumcised Philistines who are positioned against us as one camp in the valley of Rephaim where things are being mixed uh, things of God with the things of men Bethlehem means the house of bread which is the temple of our body the symbol of the bread itself also called the temple of our body the house of prayer is dedicating yourself as God's own belonging in the form of a tithe and offering. Only will we be the Bethlehem and our our body will be a house of prayer when we dedicate ourselves as his belonging, as a tithe and offering. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, and so bring it into the house of bread. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, 10-12 I shall rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that they not destroy the fruits of your ground. The devourer are these thoughts, of uh, 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 carnal thoughts. They will, he will rebuke them from devouring the fruits for our body, because these fruits are given, so that this body be clothed into immortality, and not, so that this body remain corrupt in corruption and. Be pleased with uh, corrupt food. Here we can conclude that tithes with which we honor God provides God with the foundation that He needs to transform them, our tithes, into the bread of life for our body. Do do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health for your to your flesh and strength to your bones honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be f- filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine Proverbs 3 7 to 10 new wine is when a person experiences joy because of the Holy Spirit because the fruit that we bear we are clothed into it And so wine is always a supernatural joy, an unearthly joy. The well, located in Bethlehem, represents the symbol of living water within our body, containing the promise of the resurrection of Christ, called to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. The defensive camp of the Philistines who stood at the well of Bethlehem is a symbol of unclean thoughts and desires within our body, who guard the path to the resurrection of Christ, called to erect the stronghold of life within our bodies. The thirst that David had for the water from the well of Bethlehem is the thirst of the new person to settle into its body in the form of the stronghold of life and clothe its body into the resurrection of Christ the symbol of the 30 brave chiefs in the temple of our body, we need to understand to be the virtue of a priest that our new person possesses within our body. When a person became 30 years old from the line of Aaron, was he able to become a priest? The three mighty men of the 30 chief men that brought David water in the cave of Adullam from the well of Bethlehem is a symbol of promises that belong to our body that we keep within our heart. This is evidence, or this is evident from the three names of the mighty men who brought David water from the well of Bethlehem. The nation will dwell on heights. Eliezer, God has helped or God is helper. Shema, God has heard or God has responded. If we abide in the death of the Lord Jesus, we are protected from unclean thoughts and corrupt desires of the flesh, which gives us the right to continuously trust upon the promises that consist of erecting the stronghold of life within our body by the presence of which we can judge that in Jesus Christ we are led into the inheritance of the Lord of God in the name Rock of Israel. Fourth sign by which we can determine that God is our rock is when God has heard our vows and gave us the heritage of those who feared His name leading us to the rock that is higher than us by the sign of which we can judge that our heart is a stronghold for Christ and that God has the foundation that He needs to demonstrate Himself in the temple of our body in the power of His name, Rock of Israel. Psalm 61, 1-6 To the chief musician on a stringed instrument, a psalm of David, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O oh God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years, as many generations, before we begin to study the identification of the essence of the tabernacle of God, and what is the essence of our trust under the shelter of His wings, due to which God will hear our vows, what is the essence of the heritage that is prepared for those that fear God, that is within our heart, in the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ, and in the revelations of the Holy Spirit, revealing within our heart the mystery of the teaching of Christ, by which we will be able to examine ourselves as to whether our heritage is in the name of God, Rock of Israel. I will remind us that the word psalm is a song that is sung by a choir that is accompanied by musical instruments that is being conducted by a chief musician. In the modern language, this is the choir conductor. The symbol of David giving his composition to the chief musician is the essence of our new person possessing the virtue of a composer who abides in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ possessing the virtue of a composer abiding in our new person. a composer, one that doesn't just uh, conduct, but also composes, who has uh, written this song and has written a melody for the song. This is talking about prayer that he has written and and gives it to the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, our prayer will not go any further than the roof of, of the building we're in the symbol of David giving his composition to the chief musician is the essence of our new person possessing the virtue of a composer who abides in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ possessing the virtue of a composer abiding in the new person the symbol of the choir psalm is worshipping the heavenly father in spirit and in truth which demonstrates itself in prayer which is according to the demands of the breastplate of judgment The symbol of the choir that sings the composition of the composer symbolizes our organic membership or our unity in Christ with the chosen by God remnant. The symbol of the chief musician is a symbol of the Holy Spirit That the chosen by God remnant, as well as every person belonging to the category of the chosen by God remnant, is led by. The symbol of the musical instrument that accompanies the choir song, this song being legitimate prayer, which is according to the demands of the breastplate of judgment, is the confession of the faith of God that abides within our heart. And so, this instrument is God's faith. This musical instrument is the confessions of the faith of God. The first component of the sign by which we can judge that God is our rock is our membership to the choir, which is the chosen by God remnant, whose composer of their prayers is the truth that Christ presents. The chief and conductor of their prayer is the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. <clears throat> but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession He, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints. In the original it says, With us according to the will of God, Romans 8, 26, 27. The second component of the sign by which we can judge that God is our rock is by the strategy of specific prayer words that is supported by the teaching of the baptisms. The first phrase by which we can judge that our prayer is being made, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, and is according to the teaching about the baptisms, This phrase consists of these words Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Because in the resurrection you can't proclaim these words. There's joy, there's celebration, but here there's a cry. And he says, From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. First, with these words, David provided God with the foundation to situate into the element of what is being requested by him in prayer. We need to always keep in mind of the established by God principle of sovereignty, because of which God is not able to do anything for us until we ask him for it. According to the implemented by him worship, that satisfies the requirement of the breastplate of judgment. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over all the earth. Genesis 1.26 Fellowship between uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we see all three, let us make man in our image and likeness so that they may have fellowship with one another as we have with each other. They were speaking to one another the word of God. Second, with these words, David, similar to Esther, opens up the element of his request that is according to the will of God about which he calls out to God because his heart is overwhelmed, because God's will has been forgotten. What would you like, Esther? And she didn't start by saying this is my nation he she said first that a crime has been committed against a king and it is not beneficial to the king to destroy a nation that stands for the king the king will uh, have will be will lose in this sense and so the interests of god is the adoption of our body by the redemption of christ our healing our prosperity is god's will And so, always present your healing as God's will. Say, Lord, I know this is your will and that you would like to fulfill it. I know you gave your Son for this, your Son, Jesus Christ. May your will be done in the time that you have appointed and the methods in which you want to do it. God has His own methods. His regular method are doctors that we need to come to when needed. But if God wants to make an exception to the rule, then this will happen using that what is called the first word of God. When I pray for you or you pray, uh, God will immediately do it. But if it doesn't happen immediately, then God wants that you not forsake the secondary word. The food that you eat, there is medicine in it. And the medicine that you take that God has allowed people give, giving them wisdom to create medicine that we not, need not avoid and say, well, this is not the Lord. I will only pray, and if God will not be healed from prayer, then I don't want anything else. Today, people with a dreamy mind say, why do they not want to take the vaccine? Because of religious motives, they say. Listen, dreamy person, do you use other medicines? Ask any of them, they'll say yes. Then upon what basis are you not using or this one? What is this uh, mentality? They sin before God, and they deceive men, saying as if that God has commanded them and have even found it in Scripture, they say. Don't, do, don't uh, present your feing, fear-mongering as God's uh, will. One who is afraid is not perfect in love. If you have fear, that means you're not perfect in love. You don't trust the secondary word. And if you don't trust the secondary word, you won't trust the first either. And so, David, it, like or similar to Esther, reveals what is requested. When we speak of the boundaries of the earth that are contained within the interests of the will of God that have been forgotten which is why David's heart was overwhelmed we need to see that the promise that has been forgotten or abandoned is our body for which God has paid an unheard of and unimaginable to our mind price so that he can erect the stronghold of life in it and build a tabernacle for himself in it When the scriptures say the ends of the earth, this is talking about our body, because God begins from the spirit, goes to the soul, and the ends of the earth is then our body. These are the ends. It's not talking about the physical earth, the round earth, uh, as it's, it's... It's talking, the boundaries as our circular earth, it's not talking about that, it's talking about our body. And he says, from the ends of the earth, from his body, he calls out, from his body he brings forth this prayer in order to provide God with legitimate grounds to destroy the stronghold of death within our body David prayed with these words lead me to the rock that is higher than I for you have been a shelter for me a strong tower from the enemy and such a rock that is unsearchable using David's abilities one that is unreachable one he would be able to run into and that could be a strong tower for him from the enemy is the blood of the cross of Christ This rock is the blood of the cross of Christ that pours from the broken for us body. And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. Colossians through 22 As soon as we fall into Christ, then God puts us there to present us uh, holy and without blemish. Holy, blameless, and above reproach. The third component of the sign by which we can judge that God is our rock is by the strategy of our prayer words that present the teaching about the resurrection of the dead. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. This is continuing in the psalm. Considering that the tabernacle of God is our body, after the stronghold of eternal life has been erected in it, the two wings of God under the shelter of which our sacred person, as David, can find rest, these two wings represent the Thummim, which is the elementary teaching of Christ, and the Urim, which is the Holy Spirit who who reveals the mystery of the elementary teaching of Christ that abides within our heart. These are the two wings that we can find rest under. Vows that David spoke about are able to be given by man to God exclusively within the boundaries of the covenant that is made between man and God. Man bringing about such vows applies to that part of the covenant that man is supposed to fulfill so that he can provide God with a legitimate basis upon which God can then fulfill his part of the covenant that consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. When we count ourselves dead to sin, and we proclaim the non-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent, we then fulfill our role. And God then receives this legitimate basis to fulfill his role. When we do this, we become a stronghold for Christ, and then God receives the right foundation, right basis to give the power and cover us with the power of His name, Rock of Israel. Therefore, specifically fulfilling your vows, which consists of fulfilling the commandments of Christ, where we obey the ordinances of Scripture, count ourselves dead to sin and living for God, in Christ Jesus our Lord, where we by faith proclaim the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent, such obedience of our faith to the faith of God provides God with the legitimate grounds to give us the heritage of those who fear His name, which consists of the promise that is called at the door of our hope to erect the stronghold of life within our body, which will then move our body from the state of corruption into the state of incorruption. If we count ourselves dead to sin and living for God and proclaim the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent, then we can conclude that we are led to the rock that is higher than us in the form of our inherited lot in Christ Jesus, in His name, Rock of Israel. We are studying these signs here. Fifth sign by which we can determine that God is our rock is when our head shall be lifted up above our enemies and we will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. Psalm 27, 4-6 One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Considering that in the given prayer the Holy Spirit is pursuing only one goal through David and that is to form his body into the temple of the Holy Spirit, we need to also keep in mind that our body can be the temple of the Holy Spirit upon the condition that we are an organic member to the chosen by God remnant. Therefore, speaking of forming our body into the house of God, this is possible in the body, this is possible only in the body of Christ, in Christ himself. To be in Christ means to be a member of the chosen by God remnant or to discover the narrow gate, the good wife who will find this narrow gate will enter and will find good pastures because Christ is the head the body of Christ is the church of Christ he is the head of that church and so thinking that the narrow gate is Christ himself is not accurate he is not physically here on earth in in this body. We are here physically, but he is in the new body. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he sent his apostles and said, I give you my mandate as the Father has sent me. I send you. And so you shall be the door, that narrow gate, so that those who find these narrow gates who will acknowledge you as my delegated ones, they shall enter through that narrow gate. Because to enter into such a church where an apostle of Christ stands as head, a person who has a heart of a father, a person who's anointed, and God revealed the truth of the word to him, I can say this confidently. Why? Because there's no such place of Scripture that I can look at and that I cannot see that what God has put uh, put into it, what He's meant in when He's. As soon as I begin to focus, I begin to see all uh, the mysteries. But people come to me and say, I open it up and I see. Pastors come to me and say, I open up the Bible and see nothing. How is it you? How is it that you're able to uh, see these mysteries? And I tell them, I don't, uh, in the way you do. I open up and see them. I began to see it uh, little by little, and this began when I was very young. God prepares a person from the day of his birth, not when he uh, is tattooed and then comes and repents and, and thinks he will become a pastor. Today we have Episcopals that have one of the greatest titles uh, that are over large congregations that are fully tattooed. understand that this person is leading people to hell. It can't be that the Holy Spirit be in this person as a servant. God will prepare a person. It can't be that his body have all kinds of inscriptions that are are demonic or so or other. A person at a young age will have a great thirst uh, for the Word of God. And I had a, a very unusual thirst to the Word of God since I was very young, a great desire for it. I could read for days, even for days, and found great satisfaction doing so. And so I am not at fault. It wasn't because God chose me because I I earned it. You earned it and if you earn you deserve you deserve it or earn it and then god finds a person from that midst he himself chooses a, a person and places this person for his nation it's about christ god will bring forth a prophet from among you and that, those who will not listen the, to the words of those prophet that prophet will be removed from his people it, these very words are applied to the apostles of christ too who won't be obeyed Obeying his apostles will also be removed from the nation. We have a lot of. Uh, do we have a lot of apostles today? Who can call themselves an apostle? If you call, if they call themselves an apostle, they need to show signs of being an apostle, <clears throat> with their moral life, and with their anointing, being able to penetrate the word of God, the heart of the Father, to be a servant for the nation, a servant. I was always surprised how these false charismatic servers uh, uh, leaders sit as kings. They allow the church to uh, behave in very very disorderly ways, demonic almost ways, and then they come out and say say this and say that, and they hop around the stage, and they then disappear. And they count and the money that they uh, were able to get from the people. I thank God
1: that
0: I have enough of just what I get, and the rest is for God's work. That God. And so people say, well, what what is, he, what is he doing in the house of God? Why is he decorating it so much? This is not decoration. This is uh, an ability to show God that we love Him, and we can then look at these uh, three screens, what is going on, what God says, and we calmly can learn. considering that in the given prayers we talked about the Holy Spirit is pursuing only one goal through David and that is to form his body into the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, upon the condition that we are an organic member of the chosen by God remnant and that is being in Christ. When you are in the body of Christ you are in Christ and Christ can be in you when you receive the Word of God and if you are not in such a church then you cannot be in Christ. Not every church in Scripture is called the Church of Saints. It's called the Satanic uh, Synagogue of of Satan and so forth. They came out from us and created their own synagogues. The first thing we need to pay attention to in the given sign before we are set high upon a rock from the position of which our head shall be lifted up above our enemies all around us. This is a need to understand the difference between the phrase to be within the cleft of a rock and between the phrase to be set high upon a rock. Because to be within the cleft of the rock means to be within the death of the Lord Jesus, to be within the cave of Adalam as being in the death. But when David says that you will set me High upon a rock is to abide in the resurrection of Christ. To set, be set high upon a rock is to be in the resurrection of Christ or be clothed into the resurrection of Christ, that is, our new person that is created according to God in righteousness and holy truth, that is, in Jesus Christ. The second thing we need to pay attention to in the given sign before we are set high upon a rock from the position of which our head shall be lifted up above our enemies all around us. This is to ask God for one thing and to seek in God the one place that we desire. This is the legitimate right to the ability that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that is to abide in Christ. To dwell in the house of the Lord, to abide in Christ all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. Although the given phrase pursues one goal, which consists of building our body into the house of God and a holy priesthood so that we can offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God in Jesus Christ, This phrase contains three different functions that united provide God with a foundation to set us high upon a rock, so that our head will be lifted above our enemies all around us, and we would offer sacrifices of joy in His tabernacle and would sing before Him. To dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. He doesn't just state these three phrases, these are three functions. In Hebrew, the function of the verb dwell in the house of the Lord, which is our body in Jesus Christ, the word dwell means to sit upon the throne of glory, stop for a continuous place of living, to inhabit the house of the Lord, to take in marriage a foreign woman. To inhabit the house of the Lord and to take in marriage a foreign woman. I will explain why in a little bit. The throne of glory within our body is called to be the stronghold of eternal life from the position of which we are called to be rulers within our body in Jesus Christ so that we can receive the proper grounds to be led by the Holy Spirit. To stop for a continuous place of living is knowing and striving for the final goal demonstrated in the place of our continual heavenly home, a place of living in Jesus Christ where our body changes from the state of earthly to the state of heavenly. This will happen in the church who is a part, who are in Jesus Christ. Such a church represents the body of Christ. Being in her, you are in Jesus Christ. whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that is, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. Philippians 3.18-21 to inhabit the house of God, which is called to be our body, means to fill it with all kinds of precious promises that will make us partakers of God's nature. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Proverbs 24 3,
1: 4.
0: In order for the promises of God, To be put somewhere and received, you need to have a house. When you build a house, you can then receive into this house and place uh, God's promises there into their appropriate places. And to take in marriage a foreign woman means take responsibility upon yourself before God for your earthly body and for your earthly soul, which is foreign, unlike our new person that has a heavenly origin. our body and our earthly soul are for our new person they are foreign and so we are called to take her in marriage this means because our body is the temple and we are called to in order to clothe it we need to take it into in marriage symbolically taken marriage means, take control of your body, take possession of it. Due to such a matrimonial union where we carry responsibility for our earthly body and for our earthly soul, when the time appointed by God comes, our corrupt body will be clothed into incorruption and our mortal soul will will put on immortality. It will stop being foreign as was the man of dust so also are these who are made of dust and as in the heavenly man so also are those who are heavenly and as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit kingdom the kingdom of God nor does corruption inherit incorruption behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be all changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality first corinthians 15:48 through 53 the body decays the soul dies and so for the soul uh, to put on immortality and the body in corruption and so this is when we receive the promise that is at the door of our hope and we can receive this promise in the great a wilderness of sanctification where many people fall as the Israelite nation did because they don't acknowledge till the very end the authority of Moses and Aaron and they themselves chose for themselves what was good they rebelled they did not want to eat the food that God had told them rise early in the morning come out and gather a gomer of uh, of manna no they would gather more than needed and they would cry at their tents we ate uh, onions we ate, ate melons there's nothing here just this manna but their parents looked at, their children looked at the parents with surprise they didn't have the desire why because they never tried it they tried only this manna that was as a baked bread with honey and they were satisfied with that. And so their children entered the promised land, but they died in the wilderness. Here it's talking about, to rapture us, God needs to fulfill his promises. Here on earth, he needs to perform victory. In Hosea it says, death, where is your sting? your Where is your victory? And so, God in the earthly body needs to perform victory before we are raptured. And so, receiving this promise, we already have testimony that we will be raptured and meet the Lord upon the clouds. Right, Right now, when we were singing, and upon these white clouds I will meet the Lord, a thought came to my mind that the Holy Spirit had revealed previously. Why? To meet upon the clouds. Why does that happen upon the clouds? Because the clouds are a place where we will be taken into heaven. If you can imagine how many uh, light years, how many, uh, how many years um, in general, uh, we when when do we fall into the invisible uh, world? we do from the clouds because God has made the clouds His glory. The clouds took took Him from their side, it says. The clouds took Him from uh, their side and He disappeared, Jesus. And we in the clouds, we immediately will disappear. We will end up in a new area, in a new realm. We will be as if transported into heaven. We won't need to travel through all of the planets and the stars and uh, because there's a different place from which we will enter and these are from the clouds. These clouds are symbolic of the glo- uh, clouds of glory and these clouds of glory, the Holy Spirit revealed something about that. These won't be simple clouds upon which we will meet Christ. He will come With those saints, they are those clouds. He will come to rapture us, not alone. He won't come alone. He will come with those saints that had achieved perfection and are with Him in heaven. That is His church. And we together with them will, will come together. Because the first sheath, if you remember, the first sheath that they would wave before the Lord, these are those people who already have uh, the bodies, uh, in the immortal bodies. And so many of those saints, the righteous, they were uh, resurrected with Christ, and they came into the city and showed themselves to many. When Jesus went up, they also went up with him. And so, in heaven, there is already a church of the first group, the first sheath. And these are all the prophets, the, the godly kings and godly Christians, men and women, uh, young men, young women, uh, like Mary, who obtained grace before God, and they were able to receive grace at the time. These people, with Christ, already resurrected. This was the first sheath. And we already have the church of the first sheath there that have glor- glorified bodies, and as the clouds of heaven, they will come with Christ to meet us, and we will meet with Christ, and we will meet with those that are in the our likeness. We will recognize them; they will recognize us. That is what it will means to be meeting on the clouds, where we will, in the blink of an eye, will end up in heaven from that place considering that the phrase the beauty of the Lord means the favor of the Lord or the grace of the Lord and the phrase to behold the beauty of the Lord when we say behold This means comprehend or understand the essence of the given beauty. We conclude that to behold the beauty of the Lord is to understand the essence and significance or meaning of the grace of God, as well as the condition by the means of which the grace of God is called to take the throne within our body upon the place where previously sin ruled. That lives within our body as the old person who is the programmable system that contains a program of the sinful life of our fathers being supported by organized powers of darkness that resist the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans five twenty one. That is by the grown by us fruit of righteousness. to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.21 The enthroning of the grace of God within our body upon the place where sin reigned is the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, which is testimony of a covenant that is ordered and secure, made and established between us and God. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The Rock of Israel spoke to me, he who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God, and he <coughs> and he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by the clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, order in all things and secure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire <clears throat> will he not make it increase. Second Samuel twenty-three, two through five. The phrase to inquire in his temple, the verb inquire, contains the following weighted meaning. To inquire is to examine, to check, to lead an investigation, study, look after, to pass out, to distribute, to split, pass on, to spread, and disseminate. And so we will know how to pass on the word of God (coughs) to those uh, parts of our essence, our soul and our body. We will know how to uh, distribute this grace of God. Looking at the following meanings, it's talking about the sanctification of the temple of our body that is placed under our responsibility where we are given power to perform a specific search so that nothing that does not belong to the temple or is not sacred to the temple come through the temple of our body. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who, brought, who bought and sold in the temple and overturned their tables of, of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, "It is not Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. Mark 11, 15 through 17. When we focus upon one place, placed for us by God's goal, and fulfilled the functions striving toward this goal. God, upon the foundation of the made-with-us covenant, receives legitimate grounds to fulfill His part of the covenant, to hide us in His pavilion in the time of trouble and hide us in the secret place of His tabernacle. And such a place is... Us being hidden in the death of the Lord Jesus in the time of trouble, which is the day of harvest, that is presented in the symbol of Noah's ark and the homes of the sons of Israel in Egypt when the angel of the Lord struck the firstborn of Egypt. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I would not an- be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountain shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. <clears throat> oh, you afflicted one tossed with tempest and not Comforted. This is only those who are in the death, (coughs) uh, (coughs) death of Jesus. Those who are in the cleft of the rock, O afflicted one, tossed with tempests and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems, and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. We walk through the suffering. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. And so the children, these are the words that we speak, they will be uh, legitimate. In righteousness you you shall be established, and you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed you shall surely assemble but not because of me Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake Behold I have created the ba- blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire Who brings forth an instrument for his work And have, I, and I have created the spoiler to destroy No weapon formed against you shall prosper And every tongue with, which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord And the righteousness is from me, says the Lord Isaiah 57, 7 through 17. According to the given meaning of the phrase, set me me high upon a rock, that my head will be lifted up above my enemies that are around me, and I will offer sacrifices of joy in the tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to to the Lord. Is the resurrection of Christ that has been enthroned within our body, and it has clothed our body with itself. If within our heart we have only one goal, and we seek this one goal, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, to abide in Jesus Christ, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. Every time the Church of God, we, we quickly are trying to come to the Church so we can make it on time. If you notice, even on Tuesdays, the numbers are not much different than Fridays and Sundays because we are covered in Christ. We begin to understand what does it mean to be at, at a service. It's not just to honor the Sabbath. This is to place ourselves into Christ. Our role is to place ourselves into Christ, to come to the service, to prepare our heart, to listen to the Word, so that we can immediately fulfill it. And if we have this one goal... And who seek this one goal, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and, in, and to inquire in His temple <clears throat> so that we can be ta- set high upon the living rock of Israel, then this means that we have entered into our inherited lot in Jesus Christ in the name of God, rock of Israel. Amen. Let us bend our knees or our heads and we will pray. We will thank God for the word that has been given to us and that we can comprehend with our heart and cover into our heart conceal it in our heart let us pray this is our moment to worship in spirit and in truth and thank God for what we have in Jesus Christ Amen Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I thank you that I can together with your saints worship and bow down my heart to bow it before your face to observe your beauty to attend your temple the church in your temple to be covered under your wings <clears throat> I thank you that you have allowed us to <clears> to <throat> Reveal the mystery that is within our body, so that you can save it. To save it, we need to take it under our responsibility as something foreign and marry it, so that it can be under our responsibility. I understand perfectly that the carnal mind of man will count this as foolish, But I thank you that our bodies are under the responsibility of our spirit, that is, under the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. We have received you as our Lord and our Master into the temple of our body. And although not everything is yet in order within us, We being in Jesus Christ count ourselves dead to sin living for you and proclaim the not existent stronghold of life within our body as existent. You are not angry at us. You account righteousness to us. You don't see our imperfections. And you will allow us to come to perfection. And what we have received and we have conceived, you will allow us to bear. And so this fearful thought that Satan sends that you will not make it, the Lord said to every one of us, if I gave you the opportunity to conceive, do you think I will not allow you to bear? And we thank you that we are obedient to that word. We trust it. We don't know how that will happen. But we deeply believe in it, and that you will bring us to this perfection here on earth, in these earthly bodies, and you will allow us to see your glory when you clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ. I thank you that we are in your Son Jesus Christ, in the body of our Lord. May your mercy be blessed for your children, about whom you said, the one that is not comforted, that is tossed by the storms. I will lay your foundations with sapphires, and I will make the sides of rubies. God has promised great wealth and glory here on earth in these mortal bodies when He will clothe it into incorruption. And that is why we bow our heart before You. We humble it every time we come here in order to place ourselves into Jesus. We can place ourselves into Jesus so that we can honor Your Sabbath which is your church, your body. And we thank you for this word, and we worship before you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless,